Hello and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD, with a little bit of self-help and law of attraction thrown in there. I am your host, Tara Pratt, and today we're going to talk about coping with executive functioning problems. This is my, my personal number one struggle with ADHD, so we're being very ADHD today. Although the idea for this podcast actually came from just a neurotypical podcast, um, like a self-help podcast from Mel Robbins. And she did an episode with Casey Davis, who is an ADHD TikToker, but it was just for general consumption. It wasn't specific to ADHD. And I just picked out a few of the highlights from that podcast that I wanted to expand on and make ADHD specific just for us, because although the episodes are fantastic, if you haven't got the hyper-focus in you today, It's two separate episodes and they're both an hour long each. So let's get it down to the nitty gritty, talk about the most important bits for us and take what we need. If you do want to go and listen to that podcast, I'll link down below to Mel's um, podcast because it is an excellent listen and Casey is amazing and I love her. Um, But if not, stay with me and we'll try and get through the main highlights from just the beginning portion of the podcast that really speak to executive Um, functioning problems. I always say executive dysfunction. I don't think that's an actual word. I think they just say executive functioning problems officially. But if I say executive dysfunction, me and you, we know what we mean. Right. So the very first point, and I'm taking this all from this second episode because that was the more um, hands-on advice, I would say, that we can actually use. Number one point as we start the episode was momentum is more important than motivation. This is a point that it took me a long time to get, particularly before my diagnosis. I just believed one day I'm going to have this motivation. And what goes into that belief is that with ADHD, it's very unpredictable. We do find sometimes we wake up and we are like, yes, today I'm having it. I know exactly what I want to do. I'm so motivated. I'm so excited about this new idea or this thing that I'm going to do. And we're mega productive and we're motivated. And sometimes that can last quite a while. It can last like a couple of weeks where we're super excited, maybe even a month. But at some point, we either hit ADHD paralysis or we hit burnout. We hit burnout completely. Saying momentum is more important than motivation, I now know that that is true. Because through my diagnosis, through understanding my own patterns, through therapy, I have slowly but surely done the practical work to prove to myself that that is true. But basically how they describe it is it builds as you start. Both momentum and motivation build as you start. You don't start with motivation, the same as you don't start with momentum. It builds like a snowball rolling down the hill. First of all, she asks us, do we have a task initiation problem or a motivation problem? And how she explains that is task initiation means we're aware that, let's say, the dishes need doing. We're aware there's a sink full of dishes and we're aware that it is worth doing. We are aware that even if we don't feel like doing it, we want clean dishes. We would like to be able to clean uh, to have clean plates. We know we deserve to have clean plates. We know our family does. We want to do it, but we just can't bring ourselves to do it. We're frozen. It's too much. We can't get ourselves to do the thing. 
which she's talking generally about everyone, neurotypicals and neurodivergent, but I think that is so specific, obviously, to ADHD because our executive functioning issues mean that is our main issue. It's 100% my main issue where I really want to do the thing. It's upsetting me that I'm not doing the thing. I really want the result of the thing, but I cannot get myself to do it. And what she points out is a motivation problem is when you don't actually see the point in doing it. You don't want to do it. You don't care if there's dirty dishes. You'll just, you know, I don't know, eat out of the packet. You don't care. You're not bothered. Who cares if the plates are dirty? You're going to clean them. They're just going to be dirty again. You don't need to deserve clean plates. And your family can just put up with it because you don't see the point in doing the plates. And that usually comes along with things like depression. And it's where you're not procrastinating. You are actually just don't see the point of anything. You've lost hope, if you know what I mean. So hopefully we're not in that stage. But if you are, then definitely you need to look into going and seeing someone. Look into seeing a GP because that is not an ADHD thing when you don't want to do anything. I mean, depression does come along with ADHD. It can be comorbid but that's where you need to look into it more deeply. So today we're gonna talk about the task initiation problem, which definitely comes from ADHD. So what she says about this is the good news with momentum over motivation is that we can use 5% momentum and do 5% of that task. It doesn't have to be, we make the mistake and I do this all the time. Black and white thinking, I've gotta do the task or I don't do the task. So there's a sink full of dishes I've got to wash them all or I don't wash them at all and I just leave them for the next day when they pile up double. What she's saying is 5% momentum, it's not all or nothing. We can wash a dish for our meal so that we have a nice clean plate to eat off of. If you've got a family, you can wash four plates, five plates. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing. We only need a tiny bit of motivation and momentum to get that smaller task done. And it's functional. Are the plates clean? No, they're not. But we have made our lives a higher quality by just using that little bit of momentum. And the truth is, we all know, once you get up to wash that one dish or four dishes, it's very easy to just carry on and do them all. But you're not setting yourself up for that. You're not starting the task like, I must do all of these dishes now. You're telling yourself, I only have to do one dish. And if I do more, great. And if I don't do more, and you don't have to do any more, then that's fine. At least you've got a clean plate to eat off today and the rest is tomorrow's problem. So that was her advice when you are feeling overwhelmed. Cognitive resources. This was her second point. She said, cognitive resources aren't unlimited. And this is a really good point because I think sometimes when we're going through a hard time, I I literally had this problem today, actually. It's quite funny um, how things align as they do, law of attraction. But I had this problem today in the fact that I feel really good today. I'm getting loads done and I feel really happy and I feel like I'm making progress. But there's this little tinge of anxiety in the background because I know, well, either something could happen because we have like a chaotic life. So something could happen that would knock me off my game. But also sometimes I'm just, I wake up and I haven't got the same abilities that I have. Like today I'm so productive. I'm doing great. I feel great. All my problems are the same as they're going to be tomorrow. 
but for some reason I can really get it done. And with ADHD, you're not guaranteed to wake up feeling that way. Sometimes the ADHD is worse than other days, particularly with hormones coming into play or just everyday life. Things don't always go our way. It's a beautiful sunny day outside today that's probably helping my mood. Tomorrow, if it's drizzly and raining and freezing cold, that's probably going to dampen my mood quite a lot. So, and it knocks me off my game. And what she was trying to say before I got off on that tangent is that the cognitive resources that you have aren't unlimited and these things come into play. The fact that it might be raining tomorrow actually will affect my ability. I won't be able to do all the same things that I've done today, not only because it'll change my mood, but there's more tasks to add into my brain if it's raining, because then I've got to think, oh, does Theo need a coat? Should he wear long pants or short? Do I need a coat? Should I wash my hair today or is it going to get rained on anyway? So I may as well wait till tomorrow. It's freezing outside. How are the plants in the back? Is there a leak in the extension? Like there's a million things at play. Do I need to leave more time in the morning to leave school or to pick him up after drop off? There's a lot more executive functioning needed for a rainy day versus a sunny day in my book. Her point is it's not unlimited if something has to give, if you've got a crisis, if you're upset, if you're ill, you can't beat yourself up because you're not doing the same tasks as you did the day before. And what, how I want to make that specific to ADHD is you have ADHD. So a lot of the time, your cognitive abilities take a much larger hit per task than the average neurotypicals. So it takes a lot of these cognitive abilities to do a task us that might not cost the average neurotypical as much as it costs us. Oh yeah, Mel made a point while they were talking about this and she said it's normal and it's a sign of mental wellness that you cannot do the things that you can normally do when there's a crisis, when you're upset about something. That is a normal and healthy response to just carry on and be able to do everything as well as you could on a good day or in a good time wouldn't make logical sense. It's a sign of mental well-being that you're having a bit of a meltdown, that you're having a breakdown because things are stressful and that is a normal response in your body. Then, so they went on to what can we do in order to improve our executive functioning, improve our lives in those situations, try and get ourselves out of ADHD, paralysis, overwhelm, and just really improve our ability to get things done when we need to, but we're frozen. First, we've got to cultivate self-compassion. And I personally, I'm telling you, when I first started trying to do this, I was like, this is stupid. It's not acceptable that I can't do my dishes. Why would I give myself a pass for that? How can I be self-compassionate over the dishes being in the sink for three days? Like, that's I'm a rubbish mother. Why have I done that? And I could not get my head round giving myself compassion forgiving myself, making it okay that that's what I've done. But I promise you from a personal experience, once you learn how to be compassionate with yourself, things become easier. It's a really backwards, counterintuitive thing to do for a lot of us, I know, especially those of us with like trauma and you've got that little critical voice in your brain at all times. The more you can quieten that voice, the more you can step in and go, no, you're a busy mum. You've got, this is me talking to me, by the way, you would obviously have a different conversation with yourself, but the more I can go, you're a busy mum, you have ADHD, 
Dishes are not very exciting. You've had a hard week this week. You're feeling very tired. You haven't had much sleep. It's okay that the dishes didn't get done. It's not that you can do everything and you're superwoman. Sometimes the dishes are going to be left and it's okay. It's morally neutral. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a bad mum. It means I'm human. And that is one of the main things Casey Davis said throughout the podcast is to say to yourself, I am allowed to be human. I'm allowed to be human. People make mistakes every day. Lots of people. They might not make the specific mistakes you're making and so you feel really alone, but every single person makes mistakes. That's what she said. She said self-compassion first because self-compassion is motivating. And there are studies to show that self-compassion is motivating, but the opposite, shame, is arresting, which means it stops us in our tracks. We cannot function even more. It's a vicious circle. So basically, self-compassion has been studied and it gives you better psychological functioning. When you get off your own back, when you stop bullying yourself, you can function better and you can think of solutions We try to bully ourselves into um, solutions. We try to bully ourselves into trying harder and getting it right. And it has the opposite effect. You have to be kind to yourself if you want to function better. These are the type of things she offered up for us to say to ourselves. She said we should say good enough is perfect. I'm allowed to be human. I deserve to process this. And that's when you're going through something And sometimes, do you know what? Sometimes we're upset about things that we logically know we shouldn't be upset about. I don't, I can't think of an example right now, but I think you'll know what I mean when I say that, like you're feeling down about something, but it's really, it's a first world problem. It's not a big deal. And you're like, just get over it. Like everyone has this problem. Just stop moaning. Just get on with it. There's a million things to be happy about. But actually we should stop in those times and say, I deserve to process this. No matter whether it's logical or not, those are your feelings. It is what it is. You deserve to process those feelings. You're not going to get away from them by reasoning with yourself and being logical. You're just like, do you know what? That's upset me. I'm going to be processing that for a little while. It's not logical, but it's okay. It's going to knock me off my game for a little bit. Oh, she gave an example then. So she said one big no-no like with society is being mean to people or letting them down. And the self-judgment about these things that are unacceptable in people's minds can be really bad. Making a mistake or letting someone down or being mean intentionally or otherwise, if you regret it and you feel shame, you obviously don't want to repeat it, but acknowledge that it wasn't intentional and acknowledge that the other person that you were mean to probably has been mean to someone else before or they've probably let someone else down before. Humans do bad things sometimes and that doesn't make them bad people and you are allowed to be human. And then the last point that I wanted to talk about that she said that I thought was really interesting, working through it instead of thinking along the lines of there's something wrong with me. Why have I got this wrong again? Why can't I do this simple task? I need to try harder. I am failing. The only solution in that mindset is for you to try harder for you to keep flogging a dead horse and trying harder and harder particularly with ADHD if it's ADHD related this perceived failure that you've got then you really are just gonna work yourself into the ground worrying about it trying to improve yourself it's not helpful 
You're not going to get to better. You're just going to beat yourself even more next time it goes wrong. Whereas when we take a step back and we give ourselves more options, we she said, you've got to make it morally neutral. So, and then you can look at the problem and find new um, new alternatives and simplify things. There's so many more solutions when you just look at the problem and you think, okay, how can we fix this problem? Not how can we fix me? How can we fix the problem? There's a problem here. I'm not the problem. For example, which she gave many examples. So as I say, do go and listen to that podcast if you want, but I'm just trying to make this succinct for us so that we keep ourselves interested. One of the examples she gave was the trash. I'm going to say the bin. Uh, the bin always overflowing. So shame says about that situation, try harder, you're failing, you're dirty. What type of person has their trash there for days and doesn't empty it and it's piling up all around the house? You need to try harder. You need to fix this. There's something wrong with you. Everyone can throw out their trash and you're not doing it. So you're the problem. Self-compassion and making the problem morally neutral would look at it in a completely different way. It would say, how about a bigger bin? Is the bin too small? How about a bigger bin? It would say, can this task be delegated? Have you got a teenager? Have you got a partner? Can you make that their job? And just be like, can you please take this over because it's just not happening? It also gives us options like, can I buy large bags of items? So instead of buying a multi-pack of crisps with a lot of waste and stuff to throw away in the bin, can I just buy one large multi-pack? Sorry, one large bag of crisps rather than all these little packets of crisps that are going to get left everywhere. Maybe you could have bins in every room. So rather than just one big bin in the kitchen, maybe one in the bathroom, you could have bins in every single room and then it's more equally distributed. It gives you longer between having to empty the bins. Finding the problem, looking at it neutrally, means you can find solutions that don't involve you having to improve. You berating yourself that you're not living up to this invisible standard or maybe even most likely if you're late diagnosed, a neurotypical standard. So instead of it being neurotypicals empty these bins, so why can't you? It becomes the bins overflowing all the time. How can we stop that? That doesn't involve me. How can we make this more streamlined? How can we make it easier? And you can just see from me explaining it there, I think it's really obvious that we have so many more solutions from that standpoint. But the only other solution when we go from shame is to beat ourselves up and to bully ourselves. And as I spoke about earlier in the podcast, that doesn't help anyone. The problem remains and you feel rubbish about yourself. So I hope this has been interesting for you. I want to keep it at 20 minutes because I feel like if you want to know any more in depth, you can go and listen to their podcast. But I just thought it it stood out to me so well. Executive functioning problems are one of the main issues of ADHD and it's hard to come up with solutions that I don't feel like there's that many guides of what you could do to make your own life easier. That isn't a neurotypical solution like set a reminder and things like that. But I will recommend Casey Davis's book, How to Keep House While Drowning, 
That is a brilliant book. Do listen to that and do follow her on TikTok. And while you're over there, why don't you follow me as well? It's at ADHD underscore fest. I'm becoming more and more active on there. I don't know why, because I'm feeling good. I'm just making lots of progress. If you love the pod, if you enjoy listening every week and you want to hear more from me, I would love to hear more from you. We do have an extra podcast called the ADHD First Body Doubling Podcast. You can find that on Apple, Spotify, and you can find it on Patreon. And it is a subscription podcast, but we do one to two-ish. I don't put a definite number out there because, you know, PDA, ADHD. But... (laughs) You will get extra podcasts on there and we body double specific tasks and I am full of ideas. I honestly, while listening to that podcast from Mel Robbins, she was saying she has loads of people like write into her and say they struggle with the shower and it's boring. And Casey Davis was saying, why don't you take a podcast with you into the shower? And I thought that is perfect for the body doubling podcast. Why don't I do a live let's shower together? Not in a creepy way, but like (laughs) you could get in the shower and I could literally talk you through let's do this now like take the decisions away from you and obviously you don't have to do what I say but I just think body doubling for the type of small tasks that we do struggle with even though we're intelligent people we struggle with the smaller tasks and keeping ourselves on task so lots of ideas for that do come and join I would love to see you there also lots of links in the show notes down below all about the newsletter, getting a diagnosis if you're in the UK, the burnout bible printable is down there and I hope you all have a lovely week and I shall see you soon. Bye.